Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. I, uh, I want to share an encouragement from the Word this morning. And um, so I'm not going to be long, but what I want to share, I believe, will be important and can really help us. But, but before I do that, I want to just give a bit of an illustration. And I want to start this illustration by just asking a question, okay? I'm going to spot whose hand goes up first. Who would like to go out with their family to McDonald's? <laughs> for lunch? And pay for them all to go there? That's very kind of you. <laughs> Tell you what, can you come and help me? Livy, come and help me. You're like this. So if I said to you, you could take your family out to the McDonald's for lunch, and I gave you a special piece of paper, okay, would that be a good thing? Here's the piece of paper. Have a lovely meal. Okay, do you want to hold that in one hand? Okay. Okay. Is that a nice piece of paper to have? Yeah, it's kind of okay. It's positive, isn't it? Have a great time. What if I gave you a piece of paper? I've got to find it now. Hang on. Oh, here it is. What if I gave you a piece of paper that looked like that? Okay. Hold that in the other hand. Okay. Now, which piece of paper... Would you prefer I gave you to take your family out to McDonald's for a lovely meal? <laughs> That's kind of nice, isn't it? But not really. That, that gets you somewhere, doesn't it? Okay. Why is it, do we think, that this piece of paper is better than that piece of paper? You can use it to pay, yeah. And why can you use that piece of paper to pay and not use that piece of paper to pay? Well, that is true, actually, yes. I have now crumpled the piece of paper. But even when it was nice and neat, why is that piece of paper a better piece of paper to use than the one? It's actual money. It is actual money, okay. And let's just show the picture that we've got of a £20 note, okay? Look, a £20 note. That's where I printed it from earlier. No, I didn't know that's a real one. That's okay. Okay. And there are some very, very special words on that £20 note. They're printed very small. Can we go a bit closer? There we are. Who can see the words that are written right there? What does that say? Can you read it? I promise to pay the bearer, bearer. bearer on a demand the sum of £20. of £20. Okay, there's a special promise on this piece of paper. I promise to pay the bearer on demand the sum of £20. And can you see something else that's written very small on that side there? Really small. What does that say? Under the £20 note sign. Um, London for the Governor and Company of the Bank of England. Bank of England, that's right. And it's signed by a lady called Sarah John, who is the current Chief Cashier of the Bank of England. Okay. So it comes with a promise, and it's signed, and we can trust it. Now, 
would you like to keep that? You can keep it so long as you take your family out to McDonald's for lunch. That might not even buy your whole McDonald's these days, but it will, it will really help, won't it? So thank you very much. So just to try and work out why these special bits of money, special bits of paper, actually do something for us, we asked our friend Dan at the Bank of England to let us know what's going on here. Thank you, Dan. Banknotes. I don't know if anyone's ever been to the Bank of England Museum. Anyone ever done that? Okay. Tim and I did this once because I'm a great dad and take him to exciting places, all right? We went to the Bank of England Museum and, and they let you pick up a gold bar. Do you remember doing this? This was... This, this is a very much a pre-COVID activity they'd let you do, okay, because uh, you wouldn't do it now. But you, they don't let you hold the gold bar itself. You have to put your arm into a special case where they've got it locked in and you, can, and you can lift it up. You're not allowed to walk off with the gold bar. They're really strict about that kind of thing at the Bank of England. <laughs> but but this, this little gold block is worth something like uh, £50,000. It's, it's very expensive, is gold. And it weighs... Well, I was going to say it weighs a tonne. It, it, weighs, it weighs more than most other metals. Gold is a really, really heavy metal, and that's why it is so valuable. And obviously, we can't carry around those big lumps of gold all the time with us, and that's why we've got these paper notes. But those paper notes come with a promise, and we can trust them. So I want to read a little bit from Ephesians, and then we've got a few questions to ask one another this morning to see if we can work out um, what Ephesians chapter 1 has got to do with the promise that we find on banknotes. Sound good? Yes. Great. Thank you for sticking with me. Here we go. Ephesians chapter 1. It says this, I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that's raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honour at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. And we, we looked at that passage of scripture a few weeks ago. And, and as I was um, looking at it back then, there was just one verse that really jumped out at me. And it's, it's this one here, Ephesians 1 verse 22. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. So as we read that, we have a few questions that we can ask ourselves just to try and grasp what this verse is really, really talking about. And so why don't we, I'm going to ask a few questions, just consult with our neighbours, you know, whoever you're sitting next to, and see if between us we can answer these questions by looking at that verse on the screen. So here is question one. Be ready to consult your neighbours. What is under the authority of Christ? The answer is on the screen. It does say on the screen. It does say on the screen. Okay, let's just make sure we know the answer. What has God put under the authority of Christ? 
all things. God has put all things under the authority of Christ. That means if you can think of it, God has put it under the authority of Christ, whatever it is. Okay, here, who, here's a second question, okay? Who is the head over all things? Again, not a difficult question because it's on the screen. Christ. Christ. Yeah, it says right there. Christ is head over all things. If you can think of it, Christ is head over it. Here's a good one. For whose benefit, for whose benefit has God put all things under the authority of Christ and made Christ head over all things? For whose benefit? Zach? The church. Wow, Wow, indeed. That, when I read it, was the bit that made me go, wow. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. Okay, this question has got to be important then. Who is the church? Jacob knows again. Us. Okay, what makes us part of the church? We believe in God, that's right. And actually, very specifically, if we are putting our trust in Jesus, if we've said that Jesus is Lord, then all of a sudden, Paul in the Bible starts describing us being, as being saints. He tells us that we have been chosen by God, been called by God, tells us that God thought about us since before the world was created, and we are part of his church, not just us in this room, but millions and millions of people across the world who have put their faith in Jesus. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the millions and millions of people across the world who have put their faith in him. Isn't that an amazing thing? So if we're counting ourselves into that group of people, how does this verse help us when we come to pray to him. Mm. There's a thought. Okay, consult our neighbours again. How does this first help us when we come to pray for him? Pray to him. Okay, I can see some thinking caps going on now. Zach has his hand up. God controls things, yeah, because all things are under his authority. That's good. That's helpful. Hold that thought. How else can this first help us, knowing what we've just read, when we come to pray, when we come to talk to God? Does this verse make us confident when we come to talk to God? Or does it make us worry that it will do no good whatsoever? More confident? Yeah? More 
more confident. Okay. If he's in charge, and he's in charge for the benefit of his people, yeah. as in to do us good, then it makes him more confident. Yeah. Yeah, I think this makes us more confident. I think it means if we know that, that God in heaven has put Jesus in charge of all things and he's made him head over all things for the benefit of people who trust in him, that makes us very confident, doesn't it, in coming to him when we pray? Here's another verse in the Bible. It's John 14, verse 13. Here is something that Jesus said to his followers very specifically. He said, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. So here's a couple of questions to ask one another and then I'll see if we know between us. What are the, what are the limits or boundaries to the things that we can pray to God for? There's no limits or boundaries to the things we can pray. That's a good answer. And why are there no limits? Because Jesus said, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it. So that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Okay, here's question two. Why does Jesus encourage his followers to pray? It's in this verse. So the Son can bring glory to the Father. So Jesus is saying, there's your heavenly Father. And you can come to him through me. And you can ask for anything you like. And we know that Jesus' heart is to, um, is, is, is head over all things for the benefit of his church. And we know that he wants to bring glory to the Father. So there's no limit to what we can bring to him in prayer for the benefit of the church, to bring glory to the Father, just like your £20 note. There's a promise with it, and you can trust it. Here's the last verse. It's not on the screen, but John 16, and Jesus is talking to his disciples again, and he says, At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. So Jesus is encouraging his followers here to come to the Father in the name of Jesus. And why do we want to come to the Father in the name of Jesus? Because it's the name of Jesus that has authority over all things. If we can think of it, Jesus has got authority over it. And we can ask him for all that we need for the benefit of the church and so that the Father is glorified. And so this is a real encouragement to us, isn't it? When we think about Jesus saying, you ask me whatever you need, that's different from saying, you ask me whatever you want. Okay? I want chocolate for breakfast, dinner and tea. You know, that, that's not something that's particularly for the benefit of the church and going to bring glory to the Father. But when we tell Jesus what we need and we're coming to him and saying, you are an authority over all things. 
And we know that you're ruling and reigning for the benefit of your church because you love the church. And that you want to glorify the Father in everything you do. We can then come very confidently to him in our prayer. Pray with this in mind. What will benefit the church? What will glorify the Father? And in the light of that, what do I need? I came across a little uh, a book a few years ago, and it's called Praying Backwards. Okay? Not like that. <laughs> Praying Backwards is, is this idea, and I think this has been really helpful to me. You know that very often we will pray, and we'll conclude our prayer saying, and we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Prayer's over. This idea that, now actually, we can come to God and pray backwards. It's God, we're before you today. We're coming to you in the name of Jesus. We're coming to you because of all the authority that he has over everything. And in his name, we come to ask you for this. And we want to pray that you bless that. And So we, we pray backwards. We come to him and, and call out the name of Jesus as the first thing we do. I found that has been really helpful to me because it brings the authority of Jesus front and centre to our prayer. And I don't know if anyone else can fall into this trap, and I think we've all done it, is we can start to pray to God and we, we all of a sudden get our eyes very much on ourselves. And, uh, you know, dear God... and you know, what a terrible person I am and I've messed up this week and I wish I hadn't said that and oh, I don't like this and I don't like that. And we can find ourselves praying and we're starting talking all about ourselves. Praying backwards is really helpful. God, I'm in here before you in the name of Jesus because I'm part of the church that God has called. I'm one of the people he's set his love and devotion upon and he has authority over everything and because of that, I'm here today and I'm talking to you. We can be really confident in Jesus, his headship over everything and the authority that he has over all things. So I just want to leave that encouragement with you. As we go into this week ahead, let's be people who are thinking about praying backwards. Here I am with all the authority that Jesus has in his name, I come to you. We're going to finish by looking at the verse we started with this morning and then we're going to worship together as we close. <coughs> Psalm 138, verse 2. I bow before your holy temple as I worship. I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness. For your promises are backed by all the honour of your name. Great. And I asked for the red arrows fly past the moment I finished speaking this morning. I just thought it just thought it'd be a nice touch. So, uh, so there we are. I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness. For your promises, I backed by all the honour of your name. Why don't we stand to our feet and worship together? Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.